2: everybody it's andy richter uh and i uh, am here uh, doing a podcast that you've come to know as the three questions and that's because that's what it's always been called and today i'm talking to uh, a very dear friend of mine and this is always the best thing whenever anybody asks me like who's your favorite guest on the conan show i always say my friends because why the hell do i want to sit next to a stranger so uh i'm getting a chance to talk to one of my favorite people tim meadows hi tim that's me. Hi. Tim. It says on your, on your Zoom window, Timothy Meadows.
3: Yeah. Always. I don't want anyone to be confused. <laughs> With Tim Tim Meadows or? Well, there's some other Tim Meadows out there. There's some on, uh, on, on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. One of them is like a very promiscuous uh, gay man who likes to put pornography on his Twitter feed. <laughs> nice and yeah (laughs) and his name is tim meadows and
2: oh that's that's good so like when your elderly relatives go searching for you yes yes (laughs) they get a
3: rude awakening yeah yeah but i was on twitter as myself and i was verified and then i sort of contacted twitter and i was like hey there's this other tim meadows this like you know he's got some pretty wild stuff on there and uh you you know, is something we can do. And they, they were like, no. And so I got off of Twitter and also he had more followers than I did too. That's got to hurt. It hurt. Yeah. You weren't putting out the gay porn like he was.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're in Chicago, right?
3: Yes. I'm in Chicago.
2: And, uh, and you sort of split your time there. Are people surprised to know that that you still live in Chicago?
3: Um, I don't know if they're surprised. I mean, people are surprised, I guess, when they see me here sometimes. Yeah, you know, Um, but I think people sort of associate me with New York. Most people are, uh, will ask me, like, why are you in town? Or what are you doing in town? Yeah, because um, they think I live in New York. And I'm like, right. no, I live here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: And you do you live there more than you live in L.A.?
3: um according to my taxes i i 50 50 <laughs> yeah um but i yeah it depends you don't so, need to say anything more just, you know the irs <laughs> listens to this podcast closely they've so, been after me for years <laughs> you won't get me irs yeah yeah
2: Ha and I, I have a
3: summer house in indiana <laughs> um, but um no but i do i i'm sort of it, it varies from year to year um, it depends yeah. on what work I'm doing. And also, I live, I have a place in Detroit also. And so I, I go there. But I, literally, because of COVID, I, I hadn't been there in like a year and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just Do went you, recently. Does your place in Detroit, is that just to be close to family? Because that's where you're from originally. It is, but it's also the nightlife in Detroit that I, I had, no, I'm kidding. Yes, yeah, for <laughs> my family. Yeah, yeah, the clubs,
2: all the, the clubs.
3: clubs. No, Detroit, I do, I love it. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, all jokes aside, but there, but there will be more jokes about Detroit. But yeah. yes, I go for my family, and it's a very chill place. Yeah. Like, nobody expects to see me there. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, so when I, you know, I can go out, go do things, and then it's a, it's like a delayed reaction before, you know, people will... Come up or say something, because he's always like, "Wait, is that my cousin?" (laughs) No, wait a second, is that that? That's that dude. It might be your cousin, and then
2: sometimes it's my cousin. (laughs) Yeah, it's your cousin and that dude. (laughs) Yeah, I just well, we were talking before this. I just was in uh, Illinois visiting relatives, and yeah, I didn't call you. Look, yeah, I know. I just I go there and I feel like a like a big sow, and then just let them just drink deeply from my teats, and uh, there's no time for anything else uh, you, so, it's all family when you're here pretty much i mean at least in this one and my, i didn't bring my kids because i feel like like when i go by myself i feel like yeah i just I, I literally just let people drag me around you're like go to softball games or to you know yeah you know to hang pictures at my mom's house or you know i took her out to dinner and after dinner she's like she's like just casually drops as i'm dropping her off oh i got a new television and it needs to be unboxed and hung like (laughs) oh okay do you
3: know anyone that can do that honey yeah
2: like can you yeah and it's like that's an hour that's like an hour chore and it's like it's like the kind of chore that makes my head pour sweat like i don't sweat anywhere else but it's just that maddening kind of little household like putting together ikea furniture kind of shit
3: I quit doing that stuff.
2: Oh, and I just, I, and I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. Thanks. Yeah. And it's like, she knows not to mention it earlier because I'll, I mean, I'll, I'm going to end up doing it, but I might figure out a way to weasel out of it for at least a while. Mm-hmm. But she springs it on me. So, but yeah, so I went for a few days and I did had you do same, it though. Did you put the TV? Up? I sure did. I wow. Sure did. You're a good
3: son. I am a good son. Hey, I got a question for you. When you, have you taken your kids to Chicago And shown them around, like, to where you used to work or, like, you know, like, oh, here's, you know, the Annoyance Theater and here's. No, nothing like that. I mean, I would, but I would have to
2: do it. If I said we're going to make a special trip to go Mm -hmm. look and see at places that I used to work, they wouldn't give a shit. Now, if I said there's a new uh, Cambodian porridge restaurant because they're, you know, they're fucking food snobs. Then And on the way, it happened to pass by the Annoyance Theater. I could go, oh, by the way, over there, is, your dad used to do comedy there. Do your yeah. kids care? Of, I mean, they live in Chicago. So do they care about all of your Chicago
3: comedy past? It's weird, man, because, like, occasionally they will. Like, my, my son, my youngest son had a field trip to Second City when he was in, like, uh probably ninth grade or something like that. And the, his teacher asked me to uh, chaperone the trip. And I was like, I asked him and he was like, yeah, sure. It's cool. You know? And then, then we were walking in and I, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, here's my picture. This is what I, you know, whatever. And then he, he was like, you know, whatever. It, it wasn't like Wow no. to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay, you worked here. Yeah. Like I could have been a bartender or, or an actor. Yeah. It was just as unimpressive to him um if I had been either one. And I got mad at him during that field trip. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they were they like were trying to explain, you know how they do it. It's like, oh, welcome to Second City. Yeah, yeah. And his kids. So they're really chi- you know. Yeah.
1: And you know, yeah. up with
3: people, yeah, and my son they every all of the kids had to do an improv, and so my son and his friend uh it was their turn to do a thing where they had to like imagine something and then tell the rest of the class what was inside of it, and so my son being a you know trying to be funny or not part of it he goes uh it's 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 a box it's just a, a brown cardboard box. And then the lady's like, Well, what's inside? And then he opens it up and he goes, Brown paper. And like I go, I was in the back of the room just going, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> like silently. <laughs> I'm like, You're supposed to yes, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're my son. Yeah. You're supposed to be uh Don't be the, that's so he, teenage boy though. Nothing. Well, yeah, he was just like very much is like he thought Not taking part was like rebelling, yes, or whatever, right? You know what I mean, right? But no, they don't, they don't ever. Um, there's very few times when they're like, Oh, yeah, dad is whatever, yeah. I think they're more impressed whenever it's like they meet people, you know, that are that they know, and then that person is like, Oh my god, it's yeah. You, yeah. you know, and, and my kids are like, whoa, wait a second, right? This person is paying m- that much attention to you, yeah. I think that's the stuff that's sort of like. Whatever. Does that bother you though? Because it doesn't. My kids are also like
2: very unimpressed by me, and and my career. And I actually prefer that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want. I would hate it if they were like, "Oh, Dad, you're so great," you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> A, I wouldn't trust it. You know? I would I'd be like, what do you want
3: from me? Um Can you imagine if your kids were saying that to yeah. you? It would be like, are they like, you know, some are they weird, like, yeah. You
2: know, oh, dad, I saw that the saw that bit you did last night. That uh, you know that bit. you killed it oh, night. Oh ma, my man, that's amazing. What are you doing tonight on the show? <laughs> you know, uh yeah. yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think I would
3: like that. I don't think I'd like it either, yeah. actually. But I do want them to respect me. Yeah. Like, I want them to quietly respect me and my place in comedy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want you to know yeah. that I did this, right. but we don't have to talk about it. Right, right. That
2: I am a relative winner, you know, like relative <laughs> to other people. I am a winner. Other people are losers. Because <laughs> Well, and also, like, my daughter tells me, like, there's one kid in her class. That's And I mean, she goes to like a nice LA Episcopal school, you know, and it's, yeah. and there's one kid in her class who's like their token conservative. And he just, you know, he just, he sounds like a, you know, like a character. Like, I think he dresses real formal and stuff, but he's a huge fan of mine. Like, <laughs> which I'm like oh boy. Like, she's like, yeah, dad, that guy's a real big fan of yours and always wants to talk to me about like. You know what norm McDonald said to you and stuff <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I don't even i I forced what norm McDonald said to me out of my mind I think so oh. yeah now did when you moved back to Chicago was it for the boys was it
3: uh yeah yeah it was um yeah we uh yeah guys, we split up and um, she moved back she had family here my ex-wife yeah when I say she
2: I think it was uh, it was implied. It, okay. Yeah, good. It was either that. I didn't want them to think it was just. Either that or some Elizabeth woman. Warren. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Everyone knows that you've uh, had children with Elizabeth Warren. I'm trying to keep
3: that on the DL. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll edit that out. We won't edit that out. Uh, but no, yeah. I moved here after uh, to be with them, to be closer to them. Um, they were like in elementary school, like you know, second grade. Like how long ago?
2: Like that. That- Like 10 years-ish?
3: Yeah, because they're both so... My oldest is 20, and um, so he was probably eight when he got here. So Was that
2: worrisome to you? Did you think like, uh uh-oh, I'm not going to be in the swim of things in L.A.?
3: Because you were living in L.A. at that point. Yeah, I was living in a very depressing... Just divorced dad, single apartment. Oh, they're great. I I was living in a studio apartment. They're great.
2: Aren't they great? I love them. That was some of my happiest times. You know, (laughs) empty walls, a couch, and a TV.
0: Yeah.
3: My studio apartment was my California king size bed. That was on and like a computer with a desk, and then a little <laughs> kitchen off the side.
0: Oh wow! And so whenever,
3: uh, whenever I when I started dating again, if a girl came over, she knew what was going. To happen. <laughs> yeah. she knew what was happening. <laughs> like, oh yes, we're we're gonna have sex because you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got all we have is your bed in here. <laughs> Sit anywhere. Yeah. yeah, just not the desk. Please, not the desk. Yeah, I'm yeah. working there. So yeah, so I so they they I came here and it was um. You know it was it was weird in the beginning I tell you what was hard like very in the very beginning was like um the idea that they would have surroundings in a whole life that I would not have any part of yeah you know like I'll never see their bedrooms yeah with their mom or you know their living room you know I'll never see the toys that they have and and that in that in the beginning like that was hard to deal with yeah because i was like wow they're gonna have a their memory of their childhood with her will be completely void of like i won't have a memory the same as theirs right you know it'll be compartmentalized they'll
2: have you and they'll have their mom yeah 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 that's that that is weird yeah. Because your kids don't, well, nobody had any continuity from the previous life. You know, it's like it, the, the divorce sort of changed everything. And cause I know my, the hardest thing for me was just, I didn't live with my kids anymore. Like, it's just like waking up yeah. and having them there and having, you know, and that it had been, let's see, they were like 18 and 13, I think maybe 17 and 12. Mm-hmm. And just you know, seventeen years of having a kid in the house, and then going and having everybody in the house, like being, you know, like being being alone being such a rare commodity that like when I went somewhere and was in a hotel room by myself, I was like, hooray, you know, for like <laughs> yeah. one night, and then a, and then after that one night, I'm like, oh, geez, I'm lonely, you know. Mm-hmm. And then having to shift that, that it, it's rough. It's rough, but yeah, you get yeah. used to
3: it, you know. Yeah, it was it was rough, and I don't, you know, I if, if any person that I know that has been through it, it's sort of like you, you, you definitely understand what the other person is going through, yeah, like on all sides, yeah. And I never thought about that, like I when I hear friends that are divorced, you know, I think about them, and I think about the wife, yeah. and I think about the kids, yeah. and I think like this is all new for all of them and they all got their like perspective of, and they are going to remember it differently. And yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, I think though, if everybody's,
2: if everybody's committed to it being better, I think it does get better. I mean, I know in my situation, it's gotten better just because, you know, it's, you know, it's probably more healthy than it was before. We split, you know, mm-hmm. in many ways. And do you think that that's the case with you guys too? Yeah, I mean, I wish I could say.
3: <laughs> I you mean, don't have I, to, and I, You I, also
2: I, don't have to say anything you don't want to say, too. I mean, yes, you know, thank you. Yeah, but yeah.
3: I, I wish it was easier. I wish yeah. it was better. Yeah, it is what it is, and I've made the best of the situation. Yeah, I have a really great relationship with my kids, both of my boys. Yeah, they, I love them. I don't have issues with them. I don't have problems with them. We get along great. They respect me. Um, I love them. They love me. It's expressed all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the issues that they have to deal with with being divorced parents, I can give them advice. You know, because mm-hmm. they have to. They have to deal with stuff. You yeah. know, but I, and sometimes I have to deal with them like a friend. Sometimes I have to deal with it like a father. Yeah. And sometimes I have to agree with their mother about stuff, yeah, which is and when they when I do, they know I mean business, and right. they know I'm serious, right and there's there's times when like even though we didn't talk my ex and myself about an issue with the kids, we were both right on point with the way to solve it and what the they should do, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it it's funny when that happens with her and I because. It's almost like um, I want to say, sp- not spiritual, but what is it? It's sort of just out there, and you, you just both sort of. What you mean get when it. you agree on something with the kids without
2: talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you you guys were married. There's obviously a you know there's a bond with a person that you marry, and it's.
3: Yeah, I guess because you do have some a lot of similar um, ethics and and you make a lot of similar choices. Yeah,
2: and you both know your kids, and you both are, you know, have your kids' best interest at heart, ideally, and and you know, so you're going to make kind of the same decisions when it comes to the kids. Yeah,
3: only thing we disagreed was, you know, I chose I thought the kids should not do cocaine. She thought that they should not do.
2: (laughs) Well, you don't want big fat kids. You know. You don't want big fat fatties. Especially I want in, them to Especially smoke. in Chicago. Uh you don't I want
3: them to smoke.
2: <laughs> you mean smoke I'm always... smoke cocaine or smoke cigarettes? Uh, yeah, either. Oh yeah, it right. doesn't
3: matter. Sure. She was against it. She was totally <laughs> against it.
1: With chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary dairy. Looking for some amazing
0: TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking.
1: Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. T-Mobile.
3: But, Andy, here's why – this is my trepidation about doing this podcast because you and I know – we've known each other for so long that we get in – and we've talked about everything. Yeah, yeah. And – You don't want to say too much. Yes. Because I know when I talk talking to you, I will say things. I've told you things. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, and I was aware of that, too, going into
2: this, and I didn't want to – and that's why, like – I wanted to talk about you as a father, n- not so much you as a divorced ex-husband, you know? Oh, good. And okay. so I don't, I, I'm not interested in, I mean, I am interested in that. And once this, once we stop recording, let's go, <laughs> let's let her rip. Um. But no, but I do think I, I'm, I mean, I'm always interested because I talk to so many people that are in show business on this thing and so many people that are comedians on this thing. And we end up talking a lot about, about, you know, show business and about work stuff and about, you know, I in improv class. And then I, you know, got a bunch of commercials and mm-hmm. I'm way more interested in like the fact that you're an established comedy person, your family broke up, you moved to Chicago and mm-hmm. you made it, and that's a sacrifice. You know, that's a yeah. sacrifice to be with your kids. And there's a lot of showbiz assholes that live you know, in their own minds, that wouldn't have done that. That would have been like, you know, oh, I'll I'll see my boys a couple times a year. You know, right. and and I think that's to your credit, and you know, thanks. But, you know, and it 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 make it gives you the perspective. It sort of it is because it is limiting.
3: It's like there's stuff that you miss out on career wise and family wise. There's events yeah. with the kids that have to miss out on because of work. Yeah, because of work. Yeah, yeah. Even now, like this year. My youngest is graduating from high school and they were going to have it on Zoom. They weren't going to, you know, because everything was COVID. Yeah. So, and then just, and and then I got a job in Canada. And so now I can't. And so we had talked about it, but I can't go to his graduation now because I have to quarantine in Canada. Oh, right. First part of June and I can't travel back and forth. Right. And so. They moved the thing from a Zoom to a live graduation now. And so I'm just, like, hoping that he understands. And, like, I told him, like, I'm so sorry I can't be there. I can't turn this job down now because I've already made a commitment to him. Mm -hmm. And yet I want to be there for this moment. Yeah. But, you know, and it's a difficult conversation because, you know, he's going like, yeah, it's cool, Dad. You you know, I, I understand. But then the other part of him is like, yeah, I want you to be there for this thing. Yeah. And like, I, we talked about it a second time. I told him there might be a chance that Canada might relax some of the rules. And he fucking got excited. Yeah. That I was going to be, might be able to come. Yeah. And then that even made it even more heartbreaking. Yeah. That I might not be able to yeah, make yeah. it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there's a lot of sacrifice, man. Yeah. There's a lot, you know, and it's. Well, it's also this fucking COVID stuff.
2: I mean, if it if it weren't COVID, you could practically fly in and out on the same day and it wouldn't you know, they could give you a day off, but it's just this you know Yeah. It's yeah, that's true. You you know, I understand that it the heartbreak, but it's also like it's not anybody's fault. I mean, aside from China, you know, those (laughs) bad eating Chinese. (laughs) I'm kidding. That's the only time I agreed with Trump was when he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and no, I. I'm what's kidding. weird? I've been eating pangolin for years. I've been ordering it in. Oh uh, God! Yeah, I can't eat any. I hate bat. <laughs> I don't like bat. I don't either. Kill me. So kill me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's too crunchy. Crunchy. It's <laughs> gross. The little hairs. Uh, um, I I because I'm curious. Were your folks divorced? Yes. Did you like, did that inform how you were going to be a divorced dad? Like the, th- the way that your parents handled it.
3: Yeah. Well, I definitely wanted to have a relationship with my kids, no matter what, like my, it was different from my father, my father, like when they split up, he was gone for maybe a couple of years. It seemed like forever when mm-hmm. I was younger. Cause they split up when I was like six or seven. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember looking out the window of my house one time and thinking like, wow, my father's somewhere in this city, like 10 minutes from me. Right. And I, I don't see him. He won't see see us, you know, and that was fucking hard. Yeah. And I just, when I, so when I got divorced, I swore that I would not let that happen with us. I was not going to be that way um and also being african-american too is was like another thing that i was like i'm gonna be in my kid's life yeah i'm gonna be you know i'm gonna be there
2: you know yeah yeah i mean my folks divorced when i was four and my dad lived four hours away but i only saw him twice a year which hmm. i never questioned that much i was sad about it and there was heartache wow. about it but uh There were reasons, there were like reasons like, well, this is why, and it's, you know, and it all involved kind of like, well, I have to work and I have, I don't make enough money at this job, so I have to have another job. Mm -hmm. And it all, I didn't question it until I was an adult and I had a kid and all of a sudden, like there was like this switch that flipped where I was like, I can't even imagine living four hours away and not being and not there. Seeing you yeah, at least every yeah. other weekend, you know? Yeah. And like I say there's reasons and and those reasons won't be budged from. But I I just think like for me those reasons aren't good enough, you know? Yeah. And 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 I think in many ways too that like and I've, I've talked about this before on this podcast like I wasn't even quite sure how to be a dad. There wasn't like a good model for me of like this is How you do stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think in some ways, like I'm I work well in groups and I work well in a reactive way. So ergo improv, ergo Mm -hmm. talk show sidekick, you know? And I never but I never had this drive to like, I gotta, you know, I gotta have my own talk show, you know, like I'll wait for someone else to have their own talk show and then I'll sit next to them. (laughs) <laughs> um, and sometimes, sometimes I wonder if that is like, that's cause I hear other people talk about, I wanted to impress my father and mm-hmm. I, I didn't care about impressing my father. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that, if, if that like took some sort of fire out of me, some sort of like, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. like the way a man's supposed to be, uh, out of me. Uh, Mm -hmm. in that I was just kind of like, no, I'll kind of sit around and wait and see what happens and, you know, see what everybody, see what the kids want. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's sort of, I guess how I ended up being, uh, you know, my fathering technique. And were you, were you a little like nervous when you, when you became a dad that you weren't sure like what you were, how you're going to do it?
3: Yeah, man. I I mean, I exact same thing that you're talking about. Yeah, Like when it, I was like, I don't know how to do this. I didn't have a daily example of like of that. Yeah. I had a friend of mine whose parents were together. My best friend, his name was Byron Smith and and, and the Smith family. And they got like six kids mm-hmm. and they sort of just took me in and his father and his mother were, were like my representatives for marriage because yeah, it was yeah. the only successful marriage that I I saw like daily, yeah. But I didn't see the intimacy though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like because I was a neighbor kid, right? So they didn't kiss or hug in front of me. You know. Um, and also that should have been something that was like passed from my fa- my parents to me. I should have been and learned about you know seeing my mom and dad hug and kiss. You yeah, know? yeah. I never. I have no memory of that. Yeah. And so, yeah, those kind of things I think probably you know affected me and my relationship and my ability uh, to um, be a husband. But I think is to be a father. I just really, and it sounds weird. I don't say weird, but it's just I just said I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna slack off. I'm going to do this. And if it's one thing that I'm really good at, it's being a dad. I will make a sacrifice. I will, yeah, I can't, it's like I can't, only my kids can tell you what it's like to be my kids, but they know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They know I fucking love them.
2: Yeah. Well, I know, know. I mean, as long as I've known you, you work real hard at it. And you and, and in the many conversations that we've had about it, it's mm-hmm. it's like it, it's important work to you. And I yeah. mean, and we probably talk about that more than work work um, because it's more important work than work work is silly compared to yeah
3: this work yeah. I mean, and the thing of, of the conversations that we've had too have is that I will talk to you about things because I'm trying. And I have one, I know one time, especially where I, cause I want to hear what another father thinks, like, what would you do? Yeah. Uh, what do I do? You know? And I told, I don't know if you remember, we were playing golf, but I told, I was telling you about my son had gotten um, his hair. I hated his hairdo. Yeah. I hated it. And I was going like, I want him to get rid of it. I want him to get rid of it. And then you and I were talking and I, and I said, what would you do? What do you think I should do? And you go, Here's nothing you can do. He's gonna have he's gonna have crazy hair. Yeah. You, you we all had crazy hair as teenagers. You, yeah, you just gotta let him go get through it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And it was and then and you and then I asked another friend that was a father, and he was like, Yeah, you gotta just sit back and wait. Just he'll ride it out. Yeah. Some girl will eventually tell him, like, your hair is stupid. I don't like it. Change yeah. it, right? Right, and then he'll change it. You know?
2: Or, or that's his hair, and that's who he is, and that's what he wants to be. And you know, My- I had a mohawk
3: for a short period of time. <laughs> I, I got, I can't say shit about
0: hair yeah, or yeah, bad
3: hairdos, yeah. man. I've had dreadlocks. I've had, you know,
2: slick back hair. Yeah, I've had it all. My son's twenty, and he just started. uh it just kind of sprung, not too long ago, like sprung, mm. like I'm getting a tattoo Ooh. and, and I'm okay. It's your body and whatever. And I didn't say anything. Cause I don't, you know, I just, I've, I've learned from other dads too, that have raised hell about, you know, uh, getting your nose pierced or something like that. You yeah. know, I mean the, I would probably stop short, like if he wanted to get those gauges in his ears, cause like that shit's hard to turn around. You know, like yeah. when you decide, all right, I do want to get a job teaching high school. You know, you you can't have big sagging fucking, you know, gaping <laughs> asshole
3: earlobes. Well, um, if you're in Africa and if, it's I guess, I guess, yes. If you're a doctor in Africa with big fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. quarters in your earlobe, right, right. you can still do surgery.
2: <laughs> but he got that first tattoo and- uh, you know, and, like, uh, he didn't, you know, he was not, like, here's the tattoo. And his plan, too, is to get it where everything will be covered by shorts and T-shirts, um, mm-hmm. any any tattoo that he gets. And the first one I saw it and I was just, like, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> I wanted to be, like, oh, that's cool. Excellent. Congratulations. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I I was, like, and and I mean and in my head it's like I, it's like I my mother's voice going my baby's beautiful body yeah yep. been ruined <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's exactly what I was thinking man yeah, <laughs> yeah. my
2: baby's beautiful body yeah and how could you do that to my baby no and then he went and got like two or three more like in quick succession yeah and I, on like the second or third one I said to him so I guess you've already thought about the fact that you know this is forever. And you really are giving thought to these designs and what's... And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, okay. I just... I needed to say that. But after... But then his mom and his sister... My conscience is clear. Yeah. His mom and his sister put the brakes on it. They are... You know, they're the ones that can say like, all right, enough. Stop with the tattoos. That's yeah Take a break, you know. (laughs) Uh, So, and you know... He's and he's got a bunch of piercings in his ears, which yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't do that. But and again, it is like my perfect baby. Why are oh. you doing this? Why are you scarring yourself?
3: But yeah, it's his body. It's his life. You know. Now my son was uh, my youngest or my oldest son. Uh, he was talking about doing that uh, face tattoo, like uh, that singer, Post Malone. Oh, Jesus Christ. But he does this thing where he says things just to fuck with me. Right. He's a it's troll. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's sort of like, what a see your reaction to this, you know. But, uh, yeah, he was contemplating that. And I was just like, uh, if you do it, I don't know what to tell you. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Like, you won't, you know, I love you. But, like, you got to cover it up when you come see me or something. Yeah. But I'm glad he was just fucking with me.
2: I would. And, I mean, the thing, too, is that about that is, like. You can, you know, like you put away the voice. It's like, you'll be terrifying and everyone will be uh, scared of you. You put that away. But I would say like to him, it's like, you're limiting your options. You know, like, mm-hmm. like you, this will have an effect on everything you do. This like yeah, tattoo. I, <laughs> I just, as an <laughs> aside, my, my brother's a high school teacher uh, uh-huh. in DuPage County and he occasionally checks the DuPage County like uh police website, the like the, the sheriff's website to see if his any of his old students show up. <laughs> and because he, he'd heard like one of his old students had carjacked somebody. So he's like, oh let me see if I could, you know, see see where yeah. if, he, if I can find Kyle or whatever his name is. And he, there was a guy that it was arrested and like it's DuPage County's like Arrested in, like, Wasco or somewhere. And it's this guy, and across his forehead in big block letters, fuck you, tattooed <laughs> on his forehead. And I'm like, oh, man, uh, you are really committing to not getting a job at Target, you know? Jeez,
3: um, that is crazy. Yeah. I would, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I'm glad my kids are not going down that road. I swear to God.
2: Now, uh, when do you start... Thinking, I'm going to be funny for a living. I mean, you know, you're you're going through school in Detroit. You're going through high school. um, Mm -hmm. And you stayed in Detroit for college, right? You went to Wayne State?
3: Yeah, I went to Wayne State. I dropped out my second. I was like in my third year in Wayne State, Mm -hmm. who uh, recently offered to give me an honorary doctorate degree. Doctorate? Yes. Wow. And then because of COVID, they had to cancel the graduation. And so they uh, I'm still waiting for it. But you know, it's like how do you ask for a hey, remember that doctorate degree yeah. you promised Don't forget,
2: me? yeah, yeah. I already got the business cards made up. I already yeah, applied I, for the doctor's license plate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put it in my credit
3: like Bill Cosby used to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm a doctor. Um, Uh, But yeah, I I went there for a couple years and then I started doing improv there. That was where I learned from a guy who uh, took classes with Dale Close mm -hmm. in Chicago. And so he came back to Detroit, sort of like a Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise and started doing Harold's and teaching Harold's. Yeah. His name was Jonathan Round. Um, And so I learned how to do Harold's like. Like, way before I got to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I got to Chicago, I was already – I could do Harold's, like, no problem. Right, right.
2: And Harold's for people who don't know. It's a series of scene work and group games, and it's all supposed to sort of wrap up in a nice bow, you know? Oh, is that what it is? (laughs) Oh, shit. I
3: wasn't doing those. Oh, boy. I was doing –
2: Sound effects, <laughs> fart noises.
3: I was doing sports games <laughs> and freeze tags.
2: <laughs> ah, freeze tags. Did you did you have a place you wanted to be in comedy when you started, you know, having ambition towards it? Like, did you want to be on SNL? Did you want to be a stand-up? Or were you just kind
3: of, this is fun and I want to follow this? I was just like, this is fun and I yeah. want to follow this. Yeah. I, I love Saturday Night Live. Uh, but I also loved Monty Python and yeah. SCTV and Fridays. And yeah, yeah. I I loved comedy in yep. general, you yep. know. And um and I was a nerd about it. I knew who like I knew what writers wrote for what TV shows, you know, or what writers wrote for National Lampoon, you know. And so yeah, I was just a nerd about that stuff. And but improv was just the one way that I saw that I could get into uh, comedy, I could learn how to do it. Yeah. Because you couldn't, they didn't teach you stand up classes. Right. Um, and I would have loved to have started out doing stand up, you know? Yeah. Because w- when I was alone, when I was a kid, I would pretend with a hairbrush to be a stand up comedian. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was, that's what I would have done. But doing improv was like, it was a way to get into it, a way to learn about it. Um, and I was thinking, too, recently, I, met, um, I was in Detroit and uh, hanging out with my family, my brothers and sisters and stuff, and I came from a family of people who, w- we do bits. You know what I mean? Yeah, Like, my course. brothers and sisters, we act out su- stuff together. Yeah. And we've done it ever since we were kids. And it dawned on me when I was in Detroit, because- like I was dropping my brother-in-law and my sister off. I had taken them for a ride in my car cuz they hadn't been in a you know, it's a Tesla, whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I care. Yeah, yeah. I was dropping them off and I said, "Okay, the Uber ride is over." And they started la- and then my brother-in-law started going, "This is not where I wanted to go. <laughs> you dropped me off at the wrong place." And I was like, "Sir, get out of my car." And we just started <laughs> acting it out. And he was like, I've been thrown out of better cars than this. <laughs> <laughs> and we were laughing, man. And then my brother, like the next day, we were we were talking, I was telling him the story. And he and I started riffing as if I was a character that I was talking, had been talking about, and he started interviewing me. Yeah, yeah. And we were sitting at a Tigers game, like two grown men. Yeah. Doing a bit yep. together, and so I was thinking like I was prepared for improv and stuff, you know. Yeah, by that's my family, really, really great.
2: Like that, I kind of envy that. I mean, my family's funny, but I mean not they're they're not going to really exchange bits, you know, as much, yeah. you know. But yeah. that's great. What What yeah. made you feel like? What gave you the nerve to move from Detroit to Chicago to do it?
3: Well. Mark Belchman, who uh-huh. was also from Detroit, he moved to Chicago first and was almost immediately hired by this uh, Second City touring company. Oh, wow. And so he just encouraged us to to move to Chicago. He yeah. was like, this is where it is. The game is here. And so what I thought, of, what I what I did was I said... I was in college. I was in my third year. My grades had actually gotten really good because I was studying like marketing and and broadcasting and things that I was actually interested in. So my my grades started getting better. And so I said, after I took these improv classes, uh, we did some shows in Detroit, market moved to Chicago. I'll tell you what happened, actually. I went to see Stop Making Sense, the Talking Mm -hmm. Heads movie. Yeah. And... I saw it. It was in Detroit for like maybe a week, two yeah, weeks. Yeah, I saw it maybe ten times. It's amazing. I just saw it
2: recently. <sighs> I saw it six months ago after not seeing it for a million years, and I'm like, yeah. I,
3: I told I told my kids immediately, like, watch this now because it's yeah. so
2: fucking good.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw I saw it in Detroit, and when I was in my car one time after seeing the movie by myself, I said I was thinking like. The Talking Heads, they were like design. They were in college for design. Yeah, they were studying. You know, they're artsy people. Art. Yeah, not musicians or whatever. And then at a certain point, they had to make a decision: Do we continue doing this, or are we a band, and are we going to make music? Yeah. And that thought blew me away. Was that there? There was a point where they had to go. Yes, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. And so. I was sitting in my car and I said, this is it. I'm going to go and do this other thing. I'm going to give myself five years. If I'm not making a, a good living at the end of five years, I'll come back, finish college, get a job in marketing, write commercials or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so that was it. It was that moment, David Byrne, man. And they were, whenever I see that movie now, when he walks in and it's like, and he goes into the psycho killer, and yeah, yeah. he goes, uh, "Hi, I have a song I'd like to play for you." And yeah. it's just him on stage, yeah, and then yeah. he goes into that. My heart, I love it, yeah, because it was like it goes from simplicity to like this huge show with all of the all of the band, yeah. And, and it's a like jam, just a
2: fucking monumental jam,
3: yeah. After jam, after jam, yeah. after jam. Yeah. By a, a guy who you would never expect Mm-mm. that music came out of. No. You know? And so, yeah, that was the moment for me. I was just like, I'm doing this. I'm going to try it. And then the end of that story is five years later, it was February. I was on Saturday Night Live. Wow. To the date, almost to the date wow it's like right after my birthday
2: that's awesome yeah that's great good thing you didn't say four years (laughs) (laughs) oh well going to write commercials now
0: (laughs) Uh (laughs) looking for some amazing tv to stream indulge yourself with the hits on hulu you can't miss Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Shits Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking.
1: Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile.
2: Now you were you were you hired at the same time as Chris Farley? were you guys like uh he
3: went he went out before me, yeah. actually, yeah, he got hired at the beginning of that season, and then I came out in February, yeah, like the halfway point yeah, because you got you guys had been friends
2: before that yeah. pretty close friends, yeah,
3: yeah, 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 because we both got hired on main stage of second city at the same time, yeah, and we were we were both in touring companies. You know, yeah, yeah, and so to do that jump together was kind of scary because we were like, "Holy shit!" People hated us um, because we got jump, we got promoted over everybody, right? It wasn't like we deserved it, even though I think he did, but it was Dale Close, who was, you know, he was like, "I'm picking who I want to in my show for main stage," yeah, And, and so he picked us. That was it.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, then you deserve it. I mean, you know. I mean, you guys yeah. are very different performers though. I mean, you know. Yes. Yeah. You're an excellent actor. You know, you're funny, but you're but you play things real. <laughs> and he does mm-hmm. the exact top. you know, he he's is. a goddamn traveling circus all in one person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was he was amazing. I, I mean, I got to see him a little bit live at different improv shows. Uh but he, yeah. but when I was getting there, he had already been to SNL. But then he came back to Chicago and was living on Well Street, you know, mm-hmm. uh, near Second City, and yeah, and uh, living quite unhealthfully, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: I have really great memories of him, and like sometimes things will flash in my mind. I'll go, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta write, start writing things down so that I don't forget. Yeah, but uh, I, met, I had these memories like when we were writing. At second city, he and I would we we were just nervous during the day, you know mm-hmm. and so this our schedule would be like we'd get up in the morning or an afternoon or whatever we'd go eat breakfast, we'd walk and go see a movie downtown somewhere, no matter what we'd just go see a movie, yeah, go back home to my place I would take and fall asleep on my couch, he would fall asleep on the floor of in the living room of me and richard labels um apartment mm-hmm. and he would wake up at about six o'clock shake me wake me up and say he was leaving he'd go home shower and I'd meet him at the theater yeah. so he didn't have time to drink or get high before the show yeah and so we had that schedule going for for a while and I just remember these moments of like napping on the couch and waking up and looking over and seeing him just all just passed out on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Sleeping soundly like a baby. Yeah. Not drunk or anything. Yeah. You know. And I just you know it's those kind of memories of him, and I'm just like that were really special. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, we had this moment once at Saturday Night Live.
0: I'm it's like sorry,
3: I'm sorry. It's okay, man, it's I'm right. I'm sorry. Now I get choked up yeah. talking about it sometimes. Yeah. And also I feel like I'm just on the phone with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. I guess, I, but tr- I tricked you. We were at the, it was the last show of that first season, and he and I were getting ready to go to the party, which was downstairs, mm-hmm. remember, like at the rink. Yeah, yeah. And so we were at that elevator bank on 17, just like in the back, you mm-hmm. know. And so we were waiting. And he looks over at me and he goes, Timmy, can you believe this? And yeah. I was like, no. Yeah. I can't believe it. And he goes, we're we are on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know. I know. And, and then he goes, let's just do this one time. So he hugs me like really tight. And it was just like I don't want to forget this moment, you know? He's just, like yeah. our first year on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And he just, it was so, so great. He's such a great guy, man. I miss him. Think about him every day. Yeah. Every day. Every day. And when I do comedy, I think of things that like gonna make him laugh. I think that'll get him. You know? Yeah, yeah. Sorry,
2: fuck I didn't.
1: That's all right.
3: Pain. I didn't, and
2: I didn't, this is what I didn't want to do to you is make you, make you cry. I didn't ah. think about making you cry, but I mean. You wanted it. I'd be a terrible bar. I- <laughs> you want to get your podcast awards? Yeah. I'm, I was under the table. I'm like doing a fist pump. I Like my arm hurts. <laughs> I'm all the <a> fist pumps <laughs> I'm doing. Yeah, no, Uh he was – I don't know anybody that didn't like him. You know what I mean? And I think – and you know what? Honestly, that's something I could say about you, too. I don't know anybody that doesn't like you. You are one of the most loved comedy people. That's sweet. And I mean, and everybody, you know, everybody's got – wrinkles and warts and you know yeah foibles and stuff but you you, you know you're a very well-loved person you know thank
3: you yeah. yeah i gotta tell you i was listening to your podcast once it was funny it was jane lynch yeah and she was telling the story about faith's out of yeah where she i was dating faith at the time and Faith was a piano player. I don't know. People listening can look yeah. it up or whatever.
2: Faith Soloway is now Joey Holloway's uh, sister, and was with her with with Joey in the early days, creating the real life Brady Bunch. And uh, right. And she also Faith is, was possibly the best improv pianist in Chicago at the yeah. at the time. She, she was amazing, fire.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh. But so, but yeah, she and I was dating and then she had not come out. And then, so we were on the road and I guess, as I remember it, she just didn't come home. Like she was supposed to come back and like come (laughs) to my apartment or whatever. She just didn't come back. And I was like, what's up? Where is she? Where is she? And then she, when she did come back and we talked about it, she came out to me and, but she never told me who it was with. Yeah. So when I was listening to your podcast, I heard that it was Jane Lynch. Oh, really? <laughs> she said it during the podcast. And then what was funny about it was that you both, she goes, she was like, you, because uh, he was dating Tim Meadows. She was dating Tim Meadows at the time. And you go, oh, I love Timmy. And she goes, I, I do too. I love Timmy. He's such a sweet person. And you guys were both going like, he's the nicest guy. He's yeah, the nicest yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. She just told the story
2: about <laughs>
0: stealing
3: my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well.
2: he's such a nice guy yeah Yeah, i
3: fucked his girlfriend
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think you were dating faith when i first met you and i i mean i'd met i'd kind of met you at like some improv thing and then you were in a i don't like a circuit city commercial it was like yeah and and i was a pa on it and you were like You know, a guy in a red vest selling TVs. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but yeah, that was like when we we first started getting to know each other. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing, like that. I like the 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 moment you had that that you had with Chris. You know that like just the appreciation is so it's so important to keep that, and it it's and it it can take extra effort, you know. It's yeah. like a lot of what happens to you in show business takes extra effort to remain humble, to remain grateful to and to remain normal and to not be a fucking prick. It takes work to stay that way. and I like Jane is a perfect example of someone who's definitely stayed that way mm-hmm. and and you know, the other side of that being feeling lucky is also being like so amazed at how many people that I knew back then are now household names there's not yeah. you know like everybody knows him and it's it's amazing to me to think about it because i didn't think that i didn't have any plan you know it's like you said you just like this and follow this and i wasn't like oh i'm gonna be on tv a bunch i just was like yeah this is fun yeah. let's see you know
3: it's like pasquese david Pasquazi says it's like when we were doing improv it was it led to a, a road to nowhere yeah. basically yeah exactly you we, we had no guarantee that anything was going to come from it. Yeah. You we were doing it because we were trying to learn how to do this art form and, you know, how to entertain people for an hour with one, off of one word. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it, and it is fun. There's definitely like an adrenaline charge from being able to do it. And when I was doing it on a regular basis, I felt like my brain was a muscle, you know, like it just, yeah. it was... There was a high from just that feeling of like knowing like I can get on front I can get in front of people for an hour and a half without any idea and and really entertain them you yeah.
3: know and that's why I was also telling you you should be doing stand up remember Yes I know I know you do you uh,
2: did I I I I still think about it and I mean and now you know I mean frankly like the, the Conan show future is, I mean, it's certainly ending on TBS, but it's up in the air. And it's certainly mm-hmm. something I consider as a way to make income and something that might be kind of fun, but I'm not real. I don't like being on stage by myself very much. You know, I, yeah, I, and I, we talked about that too, but, yeah, but it's something I, I mean, I definitely consider.
3: I think people will be interested. I think people would love it. I think people would love to see in your comedic, perspective on life on fame on marriage on kids on divorce i think people would love to hear your opinion what you think well thank you That's i'd nice like to, to produce it oh, And see i knew it. it i
2: knew it <laughs> you want fucking 10 percent of this thing don't you 20 20 oh, motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker well all right uh, <laughs> I can't That's say how I deal no. With- how about 10? No, 20. Okay. No, 20,
3: 20. <laughs> okay.
2: I really know how to cut a deal. Well, uh, now, uh, we, speaking of an hour, we've been talking for about an hour and so it's time to move on to the second question, okay. which is where, the, yeah, that was the first question. I mean, you know, I don't know. The question thing is kind of bullshit. Um, but, but it is, there, it, there is like the notion of like, what's, what's in store for you? Like what's, How's your story going to play out? Or how do you want it to play out? Well,
3: uh, that's a good question, that second question. Because I'm in that part of my life now where I think about that a lot. Yeah. Um, And I've been talking with a friend of mine who's also in his late 50s who's a comedian. And we've been talking about, like, making statement pieces Mm -hmm. of, like, this is a record of where I was at this moment in my life comedically. Right. You know what I'm saying. Right.
2: Right. Not a political statement, but a more of a personal one. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: Comedic, my comedic view of whatever. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that more instead of being like the second lead on a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot more about like, cause I, I, I can do that through stand up when mm-hmm. I'm touring and stuff. Um, but I want to do that on. I want to do that on a bigger scale. Yeah. Um, so and that is sort of playing out now. I've like I, I I did a lot of writing over the COVID break. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people. So so people have been seeing the result of that, and it's been the feedback has been very very positive.
2: Oh, that's great.
3: Yeah. So you know how this business is? It's like you. It takes forever for stuff to happen. Yeah. You know. But yeah. um, it's very weird to give out – to give your writing out to people and have it judged, you know, especially mm-hmm. in the business uh, – from a business aspect because it's like, do they like it enough to put money into it? You yeah, know? yeah, And that's – it's great to just like it because yeah. anybody can just like it. Right, <laughs> right. Can you give me $10 million? Yes, you know? exactly.
2: But yeah, it's – I. It 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 is hard, and that was one of the things that I loved about going back to work for Conan is no no the people that read my comedy were all friends and you know people that I loved and who kind of let me do whatever the fuck I want and if I said hey I want to put this on TV they'd put it on TV that night you know and that and I was I stepped out of that into a here's this script I wrote okay we'll get back to you in three months. You know, oh, fuck, okay. I guess I'll just sit here and and lose interest in my own ideas. Yes, (laughs) yes. Yeah, I won't care about it anymore by the time you come around to reading
3: it and telling me what you think of it. Yeah. Uh, We sent this thing out to some people and they liked it enough to like talk to us. And then the thing that they, and it's still ongoing, but they said basically was like, we like this thing, but we don't want to do it. But we want to do something with you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what about this thing I yeah, just yeah, gave yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, That's This the is thing. what I am doing. Yes. Yeah. What, let's do that. And then we all get what we want. Right. You get to do the thing <laughs> you want to do with me, and I yeah. get the thing I want to do. But, yeah, man, it's – and you still had a – like when we were working together, he goes – we were working on Ladies, Man. And we had to do like deal with a lot of stuff making that movie. Yeah. And at one point, it was a decision that was made by the company and by the executive producers. And we were just basically told, this is the deal. And then Andrew walked me to his office, and we sat in his office, and he shut the door. And he goes, Tim, this is why showbiz sucks.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like fatherly advice and it was that cut and dry yeah yeah. he was like this is why show business sucks yeah this is why movies suck yeah that was basically what he was saying was like it starts out as one thing and it turns into this other thing Oh, and we he this was a conversation we had was like we have to try to keep it our thing we have yeah yeah we know it's going to be somebody else's thing but we got to try to make it our thing as much as possible
2: Um, so the final question of these, uh, three nonsense questions is what have you learned? I mean, do you think, you know, do you have advice for your kids that you give them that you think kind of, you know, you know, if you could boil down what,
3: what life has taught you, what would it be there? Wow. That's a really good third question. It's, it's almost as if I've never heard your podcast.
0: I,
2: well,
3: <laughs> you would think I—I I, I, I know I should know these questions, right? Right?
2: Right? Well, you don't retain information very well. That's one I of your—that's one of your big
3: problems. Problems. Yes. Uh, what have I learned? Well, I've, I've learned that I'm not always right. I learned that there are people smarter than me. I learned that sometimes I am the smartest person or have the best idea in the room. I've learned that I can also be the dumbest person in the room. Mm -hmm. I've learned to let people, religions, sexual preferences, race, I've learned to let all of that stuff go. Yeah. I think that's what, those are the things that I've learned. Yeah. Um, I mean, i Sometimes yeah. I'm the smartest one. Sometimes I'm not the smartest one. Yeah. And the, the, the it and when I can when I know which one I am is when I'm smart. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, the, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's yeah. When I'm at my best,
2: you got to remain open to both possibilities.
3: Yeah. It's uh, like doing an improv scene with Chris Farley and trying to be funnier than him. Yeah, yeah. Like I was smart enough to know. No, I just keep throwing pitches. Yep. He'll knock them out of the fucking park. Right, right. You know. Yeah
2: well I have learned uh from this uh, hour plus that I love you even more than I did before um, oh Andy I think you, you are know, just a wonderful person you. and I'm so happy uh that you did this um me too you know because I you know you don't you don't like to spread it around your personal stuff very much you know you're I kind know. of you don't and I and I real that's why I'm very very thankful um to you for doing this. And Andy,
3: let me just tell you how much you mean to me. Okay, you know how much you mean to me. I, You're one of my closest friends, and I want everybody to know that. I, me too. Okay. With you, yeah.
2: Yes. All right. Well, let's end on this real emotion, people. <laughs> um, it's real, baby. I no, I love you so. And I hope to see you soon. You know. Yes. All right, people, thank you for listening. um, And we will be back next week for more of these silly three questions. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Your Wolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producer is Jen Samples, supervising producer, Aaron Blair, and executive producers, Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review the three questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts.
3: Can't you tell my loves are growing?
0: This has been a Team Coco
1: production in association with Earwolf.